Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. going to tell you a little bit about how this show started. So very often people write to me and I see through all the requests. Sometimes I get pitches. Sometimes uh, people share what they'd love to hear on the show. And I love it when a show grows organically. So today somebody actually wrote to me to say he learned so much from this next speaker that, you know, he would really like it if we could feature him. And so I looked into his work and I thought, this is great. Everybody in Singapore loves dividend stocks and there's a lot of focus on REITs this year as, you know, we look towards a recovering Singapore economy and people want to know our office REITs down and out because nobody seems to be going back to the office. Work from home seems to be here to stay. What about retail REITs? You see people rushing back to shopping malls because that seems to be our only um, sort of entertainment, right? So what's the REITs outlook like for 2021? But if we took a step back and understood as an investor, what do I need to know to really be able to invest successfully in REITs? I thought, yes, let's speak to Ween Tam Gien, co-founder of ReitsScreener.com and ProButterfly.com. We'll find out what those uh, websites are about in just a while. He's also author of the book Reits to Riches. That is a non-fiction book and it looks at the essence of real estate investing from years of investment knowledge. And in case you, you're thinking, Michelle, there's somebody I'd like to have on the show as well. How do I reach you? You can connect with me on Instagram, okay? I'm at Michelle Martin Radio. Oh, easy as that. First up, let's welcome Wien to the show. How are you? Hi, Wien. Uh, Michelle, sorry. <laughs> I just called myself. But yes, good morning. Uh, very happy Chinese New Year and Gongxi uh, Fa to you. Thank you very much and a very happy Chinese New Year to you as well. I wonder if you can share a little bit of your own uh, REITs journey with us, Wien. How did it all start for you? Oh, how did it all start? Actually, I think uh, I probably have my father to thank for, for, for the REITs journey. He didn't exactly teach me about REITs, but actually my father really was the one who really shared with me about property investing and said, hey, you know, you know all the rich people in Asia, all the richest people, you know, think Li Ka Sheng, Ng Ting Fong, you know, Kwek <laughs> Wing Chan, they're all like property tycoons. So you've got to be in property. He's right. Like, okay. Right. Oh, he's right. <laughs> those families are all in property. And it's a very yeah. Asian thing, I think, right, to park up, want to park up money in property first before maybe equities. But REITs is, is a unique instrument, right? So did he, did he point you in the direction of REITs or actual investing in property? How did you get to REITs? Okay, so really, he, he, he just told me the basics of property investing. And the basics is this, make sure your tenant is paying for your bank loan. Mm. So, it's a, so with that thing, of course, I, I looked at property and all that, and I learned, uh, I, got, I got those concepts. But later, someone introduced me to REITs and said, hey, you know what? When you, when you invest in property, you are, you are, you are you're restricted to local knowledge, you're restricted to, you know, um, difficulty in transacting, you need lawyers and you need bankers and complex, uh, 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 long, long transaction times. So why don't you look at this thing called REITs? It's a, it's, it's a shortcut to getting your property and it's a proxy and it's an investment vehicle for real estate. So I was like, okay, why not? So, uh, so I, I, learned, I learned more about REITs. He shared more about REITs. I understood it. And I realized that, hey, it's similar. I could actually take a margin or a loan from a bank or I could even pledge my own property and then get a really, really low interest rate loan, use it to buy REITs and make sure the dividend is paying for my bank interest. So 
hey, it's the same concept. Same, same, but different. I like how you phrase it. Sort of a shortcut to real estate investing. So what would I, as an investor, need to understand before I bought my very first REIT? Maybe we start here in Singapore, and later on we take the the, uh, discussion outside of Singapore. But things I'd have to know before I bought my first REIT, Rian. All right, sure. Let's let's start with the basics. Uh, I think the most important thing is understanding how REITs are different from normal companies and how REITs are different from from physical real estate. I mean, it gives you the liquidity and all that. Mm. And I think the next important thing people need to know is they cannot look at REITs as one asset class. Mm. And that's what people always um, look at. They say REITs, oh, that's just one big asset class. The REITs are doing well, the REITs are doing badly. But the truth is, just like real estate, you can't just say the property market is doing well, property market is doing badly. But which sector of the property market? So a lot of people miss that. So the next thing I think people need to know is the different characteristics of the real estate sectors, you know, be it residential, commercial offices, healthcare, hospitality, what, that, what it means for each of these sectors. And each of these sectors did completely differently in 2020. So if you didn't understand the sectors, you didn't know where to position yourself. So REITs are not one asset class. REITs are real estate with many, many sub-asset classes. I think that's the second thing people really need to know. Uh, third one is they need to understand what makes a REIT good. And um, it's all about growing their dividend, growing their sustainably. I think that's the important word, you know, growing the asset value sustainably. It's the same thing as property. You want to have your tenants pay more rent. You want to have your asset value go up. And you have to do that, number three, with very prudent financing. So I think that's the third thing people need to know. And the fourth thing people need to know, I think, is risk. Don't overlook the risk in REITs. REITs are not a risk-free investment, you know. Mm. So observe the capital management of the REITs, observe the interest rates, observe the, uh, um, the, the way the debt's financed, look at the occupancy risk uh, and exchange rate risk. So, yeah. I think that's, uh, in a nutshell, the four things people should really look at to start off their REIT journey. That is so great and such a nuanced uh, explanation of how to get started. We thank you for that. I just want to pick up on one of your points. So you say don't look at REITs as just one asset class. And you mentioned, of course, residential, commercial, healthcare, hospitality. Uh, I want to find out how how some of them, in your opinion, did last year then. Because when it comes to the property market, we have experts coming on and we know that the HDB and the private residential properties in terms of sales did well, went up in spite of us being in a recessionary year. So how, how, did, how did your re-portfolio do last year in terms of these sectors? Uh, I did okay, actually. Uh, I, I was very fortunate. I didn't, uh, I didn't have too much exposure into the worst hit sectors, which was the hospitality sector. Mm. So quite glad with that. And I'm quite glad that I had some good positioning into, the, um, into the, uh, what I think are evergreen sectors. So I believe the evergreen sectors, and I believe that right now, the next step is really to position ourselves in the recovery sectors. So let, let me just share what, uh, what, what, I, what I mean by evergreen sectors. So, uh, yes, REITs that invest, and I think it is important for everyone's portfolio to have part of that in evergreen sectors. So in the real estate space, in REIT space, I think core infrastructure is one of those uh, uh, resilient uh, evergreen sectors, you know, if they are in, um, uh, in uh, what, what do we call that, the, in a fiber broadband networks, in mm. uh, telecommunication towers. These are things that people cannot live without. So that's mm. core infrastructure 
gas pipeline, stuff like that. Yeah. Number two, I think our data center. So data centers did exceedingly well in 2020. Um, so uh, things like Equinix and digital reality and even locally listed um, capital DC did very well. And data centers, I think, are evergreen. And with the 5G revolution coming, I think it will power the need for more data centers. Number three, I think, uh, are high-tech and specialty industries. And these are, with or without COVID, you're going to need high-tech. You're going to need precision engineering. You're going to need semiconductor manufacturing. Uh, you need to go to biotech, bi- laboratories. And all these are really specialized sectors. And, and tenants are not just going to give up just because of COVID. The tenancy, because these are rare and highly specialized buildings. E-commerce and logistics is next. So I think that that's quite common in Singapore. So e-commerce logistics, don't forget that evergreen, I think, and ever-growing as well. I think COVID accelerated the adoption of e-commerce. And finally, hospitals, mm. healthcare, I think. Those are evergreen sectors. Great stuff. Wien Tam Gien is co-founder of ReadScreener.com and ProButterfly.com, joining me on Money and Me. So ReadScreener.com, you've come up with your own ReadScreener? Uh, yes, I actually co-developed it with, with my partner, actually. So uh, basically, my partner was the one who supplied a lot of tech and a lot of the business side of things and strategy, um, whereas I supplied a lot of the, more the REITs knowledge, the, you know, the niche in terms of the REIT uh, screenings. Uh, what did you want to do differently for people out there with this screener? I mean, you must have so much experience looking through different screeners. Okay, I think uh, one of the key things we set out to do when we were building the screener is to try to um, change the way Singaporeans or, or local investors think about REITs. A lot of them, I think, number one, they make the mistake of bundling REITs as one sector. So that's the first mistake they make. And then number two, they make this mistake of using uh, uh, filtering REITs, you know, using a table, or oh, which is the highest yielding REIT. Mm-hmm. which is then the lowest price-to-book ratio. And I want to buy REITs below the price-to-book ratio of one. You know? And then after that, low gearing. It's a very, very common way that mm-hmm. people learn and start about REITs. In fact, I, I believe many people on the show already know about REITs. So, but a lot of them may be using this methodology. And a lot of the filters out there tend to use these methods. And I've set out to change that. And that's why we built Read Screener with a completely different method- methodology. Uh, when it comes to screening for REITs. Okay. We, we like to look at growth. So you say you don't look at lagging indicators. You look at some other different metrics when assessing REITs and your screener does this. It's embedded in the screener. So what, what are you looking out for in terms of metrics? Okay. So um, I think uh, from my experience, actually, um, the, the, the traditional triple constraint, I call that the triple constraint of high yield, low price to book ratio, low gearing, um, has a bit of a weakness. And it, I believe that you should always buy high quality REITs at the right price. The problem with the old, the old methodology is that it doesn't tell you anything about high quality. It just tells you the right price because yield and price to book ratio are valuation. So I think what investors should look at is actually what is the consistent track record and future potential of the dividend per share growth, the consistent track record and potential of the net asset value growth, and how can they achieve sustainable growth while uh, maintaining a managed uh, leverage. Okay. Okay. So if I went to readscreener.com, what would I see visually that would help me do that? Okay. So... Uh, we've got a number of filters on Read Screener, and what we encourage people to do is actually use the screener for what it can provide. So, um, screen the countries that you want first. 
number one. Number two, screen the sectors that you want because uh, remember, um, the REIT sectors, they're all unique. So use the REIT uh, sectors to filter out the sectors that you want and the sectors you don't want. And third of all, look at their historical growth profile. How have they done in the last three years, five years, uh, seven years for in terms of their dividend per share or dividend per unit, their net asset value per unit, and have they done this conservatively with a conservative interest cover? I would say that's the first step. And the second step then would be then, once you have your short list, look at forward indicators. Because these growth metrics tell you historical track record. So REITs that have done well in the past tend to do well, but there's no guarantee. So we need to look forward. And the forward indicators are, can it continue to grow its DPU? Can it continue to grow its asset value? And you do that by looking at things like your rental reversion. How, how many percentage uh, on average did the rentals they managed to grow their rentals this quarter or this half year. And that will give you an indication of the upcoming DPU. So it's a forward-looking. How, have they done accretive acquisitions? And if they have done the acquisitions accretively this time around, in the next three months, six months, the DPU is likely going to be increasing. So look at forward indicators instead of lagging indicators. Do these forward indicators still work in the case of last year, catastrophic global shutdowns, global supply and demand chains, both affected at the same time? So, ah, so that's where the human touch comes in mm. to uh, start to understand uh, uh, one-offs. So the one-offs are basically where the human touch comes in. So um, actually interesting to say, the, the, those evergreen sectors that I touched upon, mm-hmm. like cellular towers, data centers, e-commerce, many of them were not affected. And many of them did very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah many of them did very well. The ones that affected were, for example, the retail scene, yes. the office scene, you know, because of the work from home, because uh, people were on lockdown, they can't go to supermarkets or their malls, uh, ho- hotels, hospitality, those were the, the major ones. So, uh, while Rescreen is going to show you a big consistent, uh, a big dip in the, the, the growth profile, mm-hmm. but you've got to know that that particular year was an exceptional year and then make adjustments according to that. Really great insights that we're learning mm-hmm. from Wien, Tam Gien. Um, can you share with, did we cover your criteria for what we need to know before buying your REITs outside Singapore? Is that the same as your criteria for buying REITs within Singapore? Actually, uh, REITs are almost universal around the world. Um, so REIT prices tend to, I mean, it's just like stock prices. They tend to follow earnings per share. I mean, tend to in the long term. Uh, of course, short term, we always have volatility, but REIT prices tend to follow the dividend per share. So if you're following the dividend per share or the dividend per unit, then uh, naturally over the long term, that growth in dividends is going to give you growth in capital appreciation followed uh, closely over the long term. So it's the same criteria, but when you are investing in overseas, you have to take note of the way things are structured and the way the profiles are different. So, for example, taxation. So taxation in the U.S. is different. Uh, you have a 30% withholding tax on your um, dividends. Uh, in, if you're investing as a Singaporean in Malaysia, you probably have a 10% as well. So you have to take note of these uh, uh, special differences. And not every country has a what we call gearing limit. So Singapore has 50% gearing limit as of last year. But Hong Kong has similar, 45%. Malaysia has 50%. But in the US, Australia, they don't have uh, a strict gearing limit. So so you will see profiles of REITs geared a lot higher. So don't be afraid. It's just 
part of their regulatory framework. Great insights. What are your top five performing REITs for this year, Wien? <laughs> That's an interesting one. <laughs> it's uh, never easy to answer that question. But uh, as I said earlier, I think uh, everyone needs to have a core portfolio of, uh, of uh, evergreen REITs. So things like, don't miss out on the core infrastructure. And one of them I like is American Tower. Mm-hmm. So American Tower in the US, they hold cellular towers. That's where your 3G, 4G, 5G signal, and with 5G wave coming, they still have to mount new antennas and new towers all over the world and all over the U.S. So it's evergreen, and it's a growing technology. And followed by that will be the data centers. It's part of the evergreen uh, growth sector. So with 5G, with more consumption of data, with more edge data centers, with more demand for work from home, with more freelancers, uh, more digitalization and cloud adoption, Data centers will be a, 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 a big deal in the next five years, I think. So I've, everything I'm talking about is five years. So things like Digital Reality, Equinix, even our locally listed capital data center are, are, are data center reach that I really like. Love that. Yeah. So those are two sectors. You've got three more for us? Oh, three more. <laughs> okay, sure. So uh, you're, you're really uh, pushing me on this one. Okay. So I think logistics is another very important sector. And uh, obviously, we can't talk about logistics REITs when we don't talk about the largest logistics REIT in the world. And that's like uh, ProLogis listed in the US. So the market cap of ProLogis is almost uh, one, the whole market cap of Singapore. It's how large they are, wow. with over 8,000 over uh, real estate uh, properties. So uh, ProLogis, they, 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 they ship over 35 uh, percent of the world's GDP through their warehouses. That's how large they are. I think ProLogis uh, and the e-commerce sector will, will benefit well. And together with our local ones like Maple Tree Logistics, yeah, mm. uh, Fraser Logistics, I think uh, will benefit from the long-term uh, economic uh, boom in the e-commerce sector. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing with us. Um, let's talk a little bit about bringing it back home. So the retail scene uh, here, hit by e-commerce, people back in stores, though, with the vaccine rollout. Uh, what do you think investors need to be thinking about if they're um, thinking about positioning for retail REITs? Okay, I think uh, when it comes to retail REITs, um, uh, there are a few things you need to think about. The first really important one is whether there's a large local domestic tra- foot traffic. Because when it comes to retail, see, retail is different from, from the other sectors. Retail rentals are driven by foot traffic, driven by eyeballs, driven by people spending in-store. So if people are not spending in-store, people are not coming, people are not looking at your store, rentals are lower. So understanding that, it's important that, you know, with the border still shut, hopefully we have the vaccine and with the vaccine people can travel again. But with the border still shut, people are going to visit their local malls. So the local malls must be able to attract domestic traffic, number one. Number two, they, they, are, they, they must help their tenants as well to also uh, digitalize and sell things online so that the tenants continue to generate sales and still be able to pay them rental. And number three, uh, a lot of the retail is based on their profit centers, not their cost centers. So if they're using the retail store as a profit center where they actually generate the, the key revenue for their company, then they can't just close it. But if in a pandemic situation or economic uh, climate that is poor, you will close your 
cost centers first, not your revenue generating centers. So, so these are few aspects that you can look at. So I'll give you a few examples. Like for example, car wash. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have to go to the car wash. You can't book online and ask someone to come. I mean, you could, but it's going to be very expensive. Mm-hmm. Next, Heartlands. Um, um, you, could, you could walk out to a store in your copy tiam to buy you know, your copy or yeah. you know, for, for a dollar, a dollar twenty, dollar fifty, but you can't ask, book on an app and get it delivered. It'll just be too expensive. Mm-hmm. So, the, or, or, or plate of chocolate, how do you do that? It's just too, the, the delivery cost is too high for that for the item that you're ordering. So those are the heartland kind of essential retail, supermarkets, clinics. You know, you could book a doctor to come to your house, but nobody does that because it's very expensive. Clinics, opticians, essential services, pet stores, pharmacies, uh, supermarkets. Um, And all these, I think, are the heartland uh, retail, and I really like, and they will continue to be powered by domestic traffic regardless. So I think those are the places you want to play and for example you're probably going to ask me examples i mean the examples that i like in singapore would be like fraser center point trust mm-hmm. and in hong kong would be like link where they're really uh, a lot of them are not necessarily destination malls but a lot of them are heartland malls. what was that in hong kong again we you found link out link link yes. yes okay link uh, is that the one where they have a very uh, unique sort of revenue model link i believe yeah link yeah. yeah, so Lingreed actually, interestingly, is the history of Lingreed. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting revenue model because the history of Lingreed really came from the original uh, Hong Kong Housing Authority. So if, from a Singaporean perspective, you think about it like HDB commercializing ah. their car parks, commercializing their, their HDB uh, commercial outlets, you know, think about it, the wet markets, the supermarkets, those stores. And, and that's, that's, that's the history of Lingreed. So it's very unique in terms of its assets. And COVID, no COVID, people will need to buy these essentials. Really great points that we're learning from. All right, um, before we let you go, a couple more questions for you. If we're looking at mistakes that investors commonly make, um, what should they avoid? What do you think are some key mistakes investors make when it comes to REITs? <laughs> okay, I think um, there, there are a number of mistakes that people usually make, especially when it started. Uh, myself, I, I, I was considered lucky because I wrote the first uh, very early read wave, but um, looking back at some of the strategies, they may not work today. So the first, first mistake, don't use yield and price-to-book ratio as your main investing tool. These are valuation matrices. They are not quality matrices. So they tell you whether the read is the right price. It doesn't tell you whether the read's good quality. So if you're using those, you may be lucky or you may be unlucky and you are trading on a short-term technical rebound. You're not actually investing for the long term. So that's the first uh, mistake people tend to make. The second mistake people tend to make is they t- tend to oversimplify REITs into, um, into just three numbers, you know, a yield, price to vote ratio, and they, they dumb it down and they lose the essence of real estate. So don't lose the essence of real estate because real estate is about tenants. It's about contracts. It's about location. You know, it's about whether the tenants can retain. It's whether uh, this building is the only building in that sector that, you know, that people right. can't uh, easily get. Uh, um, it's about long-term contracts. It's about bank loans. And if you miss all these, which are essence of real estate, you miss the essence of what REITs are all about. I think that's the second thing. I think the third one is people... Um, Sometimes they, they, they hear a good read, they are like, oh, wind, wind's great, they hear a good read, and they just buy at any price. 
So I think the third one is don't overpay. So make sure you so make sure once you find a good REIT, you look at the right price to buy, and and this is where your valuation matrices come in. Um, and I think um, don't overlook the risk when investing in REITs. REITs are not risk-free, and REITs have counterparty risks as well. So a good example would be Lippo Malls at First REIT domestically. Uh, it had a large counterparty, and a lot of the counterparty was Lippo Karawachi. So in, if you keep on looking at a REIT, you'll find that there's nothing wrong with a REIT. It's a great REIT. Mm. But the problem is the counterparty. Because remember, when it comes to real estate, it's all about contracts. It's all about leases. It's all about tenancy, rental. And if the tenants don't pay, you are also going to bear the brunt of the hit of the tenant. So don't forget all these counterparties. Absolutely fantastic. This has been a wonderful masterclass. Uh, Before I let you go, I explained what ReadScreener.com was uh, with your co-founder. What is ProButterfly.com? ProPerfectBlog.com is actually just our, the name that we use for our blog. And uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the name, when I was brainstorming the name with our co-founder, it was really simple. It was just, how do we spot something beautiful like a butterfly, right? So we need to spot it before it becomes a butterfly. We need to spot it, you know, uh, when, when it was still a cocoon or still a worm. Ah. And, and we want to let it... You know, right, the, 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 the time compound and become a beautiful butterfly. So, yeah. but butterfly.com was taken, so you know, it's <laughs> probutterfly.com. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Wien, thank you so much for joining us. Absolute joy speaking with you. Yeah, thank you so much, Michelle. And Gongsi Fatai to you and all the listeners out there. And to you. He's co-founder of ReedsScreener.com and ProButterfly.com and the author of the book, Reeds to Riches, Wien Tam Gien. My guest in Money and Me, I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.